So, uh, yeah, bedhead also needs washed. Probably should, uh, I don't know. I'm almost, uh, it's almost like a competition with myself to think, should I just let it grow? Um, back to my college days when it was down to the middle of my back. Anyway, uh, Che, question for you regarding GURPS. Is it, um, if I were going to teach GURPS, is it possible to just use a minimal amount of information? What is the bare minimum information that I need to have on a character sheet? Okay, hi. GURPS has four stats. Um, strength, Dex, IQ, Health. Essentially, they start at 10. Um, it costs uh, 10 points to up your strength and your health and 20 points to up your Dex and your and or your IQ. Um, if I were you, I would just assign, say, a really minimal number of points. A pretty average human being is somewhere between about 25 and 50 points, so 50 points is nice. And then all you got to do is roll 3d6 equal to or less than the stat that you're using. You don't really need to even use the skills, to be honest, and go from there. That's the minimum, I guess. From that, you get hit points. You get, uh, I wouldn't worry about fatigue. Um, you get perception and will off the back of IQ. Um, so pff, other than that, not much really. And then you can pick and choose what you want to add. Uh, help. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the brave shall come my name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. It's Thursday night, and uh, just sitting down, just booting up the computer here. Um, just log in. Uh, Going to be playing some 2D20 Star Trek tonight, or at least starting to create a character uh, with GM Paragon. Last night was 2D20 Conan, so I feel like I'm getting a good dose of the 2D20 system. Uh, it's pretty cool. Had fun last night with Arlen and looking forward to it tonight. Uh, what else? I, I've also, I mean, the dungeon, Mega Dungeon's coming along. I got the um, the Fire Gate is the sort of first place uh, within all the externals, really, of the dungeon. Like sort of how do you get into the thing. Um, I've finished um, this week, really. Just doing a little bit every day. I've managed to um, <clears throat> key up that tower, and uh, that's ready for play. And uh, when you add to that the fact that earlier in the week we finished the first dungeon map uh, inside the dungeon, and I'll start keying that really tomorrow morning. Um, it's coming together. It's coming along. Um, on top of that, I got uh, an updated copy of the Burning Wheel role-playing game today, um, which I bought years ago. Um, and one of these multiple books. I seem to remember there being two reddish books and a bluish book or something, but um, I can't find them full of the money around the house. So I went online and discovered that the Burning Wheel Gold Edition was re released in 2019. And um, 
So I ordered a copy from the States and it came today, which was really rather cool. And I started reading it and um, yeah, you know what? It, it reads a lot better than I remember it reading. So um, I don't know if there's lots changed, but it's, it's kind of cool. Started to get into that. Um, so I don't, I don't know what I'll do that at the moment. It's just kind of like a look at, read it, see what I think. But there we go. So lots going on for me as a player. And uh, I'll see where it goes tonight. So um, just thought I wanted to check in really. Hope everyone's all right. Um, I will. Uh, I will check in again later. Game on. Oh, Monday morning, the last Monday before I return to school. I'm back next week. Um, I've just been really just uh, sort of thinking a little bit about solo gaming and SF solo gaming. Really, uh, this mostly happened yesterday, and I've just been making some notes in my journal and um, I thought I would share a few of those because there's sort of some useful stuff I think. Um, I realised that you know I really wanted to play some science fiction but I, I, I've kind of been really put off by what feels like the largeness, the enormity I guess of that task. Um, so kind of even grabbing the Traveller stuff um, seemed a bit overwhelming actually when I think about it. So I, I've decided to sort of focus down on a few easy wins really. Um, and, and there's two parts to this. So I, I, I did a bit of a Swarm Behaviours, um, which is a technique uh, from BJ Fogg's uh, Tiny Habits, um, wherein you basically just kind of put your aspiration in the middle of a page and you have a load of arrows coming out and you just write down 10 or more behaviours that you could do. And then from that, you go into what's called focus mapping, where you look at the impact of each of those behaviors and you look at which of those behaviors you could bring yourself to do, really. And the ones that hit both of those um, become kind of what's called the golden golden behaviors or golden habits. And you can um, sort of bring yourself to focus. And it's a really useful little technique, actually. It's very quick and easy. And I recommend, as ever, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. But... Uh, yeah, where am I coming from? Well, I sat down with that and I, I kind of discovered there were a couple of things. There were two, two angles to this. One of them was a shift in attitude that's required. <clears throat> so that sort of boiled down to um, really viewing solo play as an opportunity for world building. So I previously said that one of my problems is that I feel like the world isn't real. And so, you know, I'm not, and I thought maybe a, a solution to that would be to use some published materials. But the problem is there again I kind of run up against the I want to know everything about the published materials so um, and it hit me that actually what I can do is I can view my solo play as an opportunity to sort of build the universe I want to play in uh, and discover it really through play rather than designing it um, uh, whole cloth you know um, over a period of time as a GM um, and of course then the stuff I've got becomes potentially material for a game if someone wanted to join in or others wanted to play in a sci-fi game. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And the second thing was to kind of just kind of put aside any thoughts of really sharing game reports because I find the idea of publishing and sharing is a barrier. You know, like it becomes like a quality issue. I, I feel like I need to edit things and I need to reorganise things and I need to, you know, and I get on a schedule and I kind of, and all of those things become a barrier to play. It needs to be like a joyful thing where I just kind of knock about when I feel like it. So um, I've taken that bird in a way as well. I'm just sort of, I'm going to use my, uh, I've got a couple of like, handwritten notebooks. I've got a big A4 one I use for solo play and I'm going to grab that out and you know write by hand i've started to do that with some solo play anyway so that's not a big shift but it's kind of like about embedding that behavior so it becomes writing them up by hand if then of course if i want to share them i have to type that up which is um 
you know, it sort of separates these two things quite nicely. Um, editing, I think, should always be separate from writing. Um, and then I think the third sort of thing here is um, playing in the way that I want to play, just not worrying about whether others would approve, um, you know, obviously. <laughs> but I'm just playing for myself, so I don't have to worry about that. And that's the, that's always been a freeing aspect of um, of solo game. But I always feel like other people's expectations are sort of breathing down my neck. So I'm going to just try and put that aside and, and just do what I want to do. Um, try not to think, imagine it. I think the barrier here is I try to imagine what all, if other people joined in, what would they want? And it's like, no, this is for me. Um, nobody else gets to join in unless they want to. And that means they kind of then come into the world as I have it and how as I'm playing it, not you know in any other way. So that's the mental side of it. The other side of it, the second part of it, was really about some simple behaviours. And I really determined um, to do to kind of keep this simple. So um, kind of knocked all system questions out of mind because that tends to be a blocker. You know, differing around about what game system. I'm just going to go with GURPS as my go-to system because you know I'm I'm comfortable with that now. I'm going to use the GM emulated deck as my starting point, although further development on that has kind of, I'll come on to it in a second, but I, I might switch between emulators a little bit. Um, I, I like the emulated deck because it basically means I don't have to look at tables and you know, it's flipping cards, it's easy, it's portable, it's pretty straightforward to use. Um, but I do have a slight addendum to that. Um, the other thing was then once I got those kind of decisions out of the way was to sort of think about well stop worrying about the world and everything else just start with a SF character that you really want to play and I think there are two sort of ideas that are really strong I really like the idea of having a psionic character a psi character and I also that would allow me to sort of learn the psi rules which we want to do for a while um, but also oh, I love spaceship pilot stuff so I, I'm thinking I'm maybe finding a way of bringing those two characters those two character concepts together and playing a pilot who's also a psi character and um you know, doing some exploration of of uh, a world or a universe in, in that way. Um, and the third thing was to nick an idea from Chicago is, which he has his sort of three hex map thing, you know, just kind of have, for fantasy games really primarily, but you have sort of three hexes on the map and three different things to go and explore. Uh, I decided to sort of uh, not do hex map, but rather that, because that kind of ties me too much to the, this idea of traveller and subsectors and that sort of feels enormous and I just wanted to bring it down. I thought rather that I would have nodes. Um, I'd sort of taken the idea of a node-driven game from the Alexandrian, really. Um, and this is kind of like you have a discrete... I mean, often there are places, that, but it's a discrete place where a scene takes place. So it could be a place, but it could also be a person or even potentially an event. Um, but wherever a scene might take place, that kind of discrete point... Um, where there might be clues to other scenes, uh, sort of places and people, other scenes, other things that you could go and do. I'm going to start with just three um, perhaps different things that my character could do, quick ideas, places they could go, whatever, and then just kind of play from there and build it out from there. And I think in terms of a notation, I'm going to just do that. I'm going to have nodes. I'm not going to worry too much about mapping things because I feel like sometimes that binds me too much. You know, the sort of idea of a multi-system subsector of space or even a planetary map or whatever is sort of feels a bit restrictive at this stage, actually. Um, sort of overwhelming in two ways. One, it sort of feels like um, I'm binding myself to a particular approach to play. Um, and the second is that I'm... Um, there's the enormity of that. If you're going to create a whole world, you're going to create a whole system. You know, it's, no, no. They're just kind of where he goes, where that character goes is kind of what's important. So I'm going to just sort of map the links between those as I go but you know consider those but not really worry too much about it 
and beyond that. So a sort of nodal plot approach play, which I think would be good for me. It's a good way for me to learn to use a nodal structure for my, my adventuring um, away from sort of dungeoning because um, that's, that's primarily the barrier that I have is kind of feeling a lot of time map bound um, uh, when, you know, kind of trying to create. And I think I, I kind of just need to get in the habit of, of not drawing maps. Uh, for a certain style of play so that's what I'm going to do and then the last bit was really about um, yeah it's sort of about how I get time to play and I think I'm going to do is commit myself to an hour on a Sunday because I I celebrate uh, as a Christian I celebrate the Lord's Day on a Sunday which is effectively um, a day of rest and and worship so um, you know there's time there I, I, I have a tendency now to sort of turn off digital tools and um, even reading I, I prefer to read an actual paper book rather than digitally put pages and things like that just to really kind of disconnect from the modern world in a way and and give myself space in the week uh, which I, I hope that other people of faith would understand um, just go with me on this because that creates quite a lot of time you know I actually find my Sundays are very long and um you know, it's it's kind of nice to sort of think, well, that there's a massive chunk of time there. So I'm going to try and commit at least to sort of pick up my game stuff because it is about pleasure and not about anything else. It's not about producing for anybody else. I'm just going to try and get an hour in on a Sunday. Um, I think I'm also going to try and experiment there with a lot of micro sessions of uh, sort of 10 minutes. Um, where can I find 10 minutes in a day, little chunks in a day? Now, this is where I come back to the idea of the emulator, because I'm thinking of maybe just having sort of 3D6 in my pocket, um, having obviously my notebook. I know that we get the rules of GURPS well enough, I think, to be able to kind of play for 10 minutes without lookups. So that's not an issue. Um, and even if there were something that kind of really stumped me, to be honest with you, around the day I have the digital book so I can just look that up on my iPad or whatever. Um, but actually, just try and see it and play for 10 minutes. But I also, just uh, with the emulator, I thought, well, that means I carry the deck, um, which isn't very big and isn't very heavy, but nonetheless is still something to remember. I, I thought it might be worth, might be useful to, uh, I think Ray Otis did a sort of mythic, a retread of that using only D6s. I can't remember what he called it now, Mythic Retread or something originally. Um, and there's a free version of that available somewhere. So I'm going to think I might go and grab it and that and download it, print it off and stick it in my notebook in the little pocket that I have inside the front cover of the, the actual leather notebook and um, carry that around. So then I only need the 3D6 in my pocket and the notebook. And then it kind of has a pencil sort of inside it in a little um, sort of pen loop so essentially everything's there to go isn't it I don't need anything else so that would be really really cool and I'm just going to try and experiment with that see if I can grab 10 minutes here and there in the day to, you know to, to play um, and that's the plan with solo so uh, fingers crossed this week I can get that off the ground I'm back to school next week and it'll go mad then game on so this morning I'm recording to you from bed because I've got a cold. Um, yeah, Deb has been sort of sneezing more, I suppose, over the last few days. And uh, it's, never, it's never sure whether it's allergies in summer. So that's, you know, we both suffer from those and I don't know, whatever. But she's been pretty run down and um, I was a bit ill a uh, little bit on Monday. And I, uh, yesterday I had no energy really all day. And I just thought maybe I was a bit down. Um, but as the day went on, it just got worse. So um, last night I had to um, I had to sort of cut out arrangements that I'd made in the evening and um, go to bed early. I think I was in bed about seven. 
so yeah, I had a good night's sleep, which is good. Um, dosed up on uh, night nurse pills last night. And uh, this morning I've taken some uh, Lemsip stuff. Try and sort of ease the symptoms a bit. So this is cheery. Um, so yeah, Deb's gone uh, in this morning. She's feeling considerably better after a couple of you know a couple of days. I'm feeling rough, and I've decided I'm just going to take a day out. I was going to uh, sit in bed. Um, it's supposed to be Conan tonight. I'm really hoping I'll be up for play by this evening. I'm feeling a bit better, but. Um, mm. That being said, I've kind of sent notes to the GMs, just let them know, because I might not make it. And, um, you know, it's 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 Conan tonight, Trek tomorrow. Friday is is Jason's Hellas game. Um, so, you know, there's a lot going on. And uh, I don't want to miss out, really. It's kind of fun being a player. Um, it's also sort of put my solo thoughts on a bit of hold, because uh, I had no energy yesterday, and... Um, not much more than a little bit of reading, really. Um, but I've been thinking uh, thinking a bit, and um, I realised that I quite like low... You know, like I like lower fantasy. I also seem to like harder SF, not in a tech way. I mean, that stuff's sort of interesting, but more in, in terms of, like, more grounded science fiction that, you know, that then goes off and searches the social sciences. I realised that... Um, one of the things I love most about Traveller is that it's grounded in in the social sciences. Um, it's also grounded in economics, which is slightly tedious to me. Um, but I suppose it's a natural outgrowing of the social sciences, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I, you know, I am, a, I suppose, you know, I'm a, a student of the humanities, so, and a teacher of such, so I guess that's natural, isn't it? But, um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in those those futures that are a little bit more grounded. And I also noticed, I mean, I'm not going to sort of talk too much about what I've been reading, but I, I like um, those speculative futures that sort of now, you look back on them, turn out to be alternates, you know. But I, one of the things I really liked about that idea is that um, I realised this sort of... Um, I know, so, but they also go... But it's sort of... Um, this thought that it being an alternate future means I can sort of sidestep actual politics. If you want to do a new, near future sort of world, you, you sort of have to explain, you know, how <clears throat> things in the actual world kind of got there. And in some ways, it's, it's nice to step back in time, alter something and just have a new future. And you sort of sidestep all of that. And um, I think that kind of appeals to me, really. I think sort of trying to ground it too firmly in, in, in our real-world experience for a near-future or far-future setting, in some ways, is fraught because you, you end up kind of making political statements. Um, and perhaps, you know, it's just easiest to sidestep those. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, stuff like what if the Soviet Union didn't collapse in the way it did or... You know what would happen, so I guess I'm gonna have to stop because I need to sneeze and I need to stop that sneeze. Uh, okay, um, anyway, I hope you're well, and I'll, I'll maybe I'll get another one in before this goes to air. I don't know. <laughs> oh, crikey, I feel rubbish.
Thursday. Feeling considerably better this morning. I actually managed to go and do some exercise, so I'm really hopeful that I can uh, get to game tonight. This trek tonight, had to bail on Ireland last night for Conan, I was really rough. But uh, yeah, feeling considerably better. It's amazing to me, actually, after kind of losing what has been about, what, 44 pounds of weight and um, obviously kind of developing a little bit of a fitness regime. I mean, by that, I mean going for a walk for half an hour, four days a week. Um, I recover from these things a little bit better, I think. In fact, it probably would have taken me weeks um, had I been at work. So I think rest, yeah, good thing. Anyway, um, didn't do anything of any consequence yesterday. It was just rough and uh, spent most of the day just faffing, sitting about, feeling sorry for myself. Um, but this morning I got up and I, and I said I went for exercise. I managed to sort of um, get into routine and... Um, just finished out a, sec a section of the, the Mega Dungeon Key, which is really cool, felt good. Um, but also, I mean, the only thing I was really doing over the last couple of days, I started reading a bit of a science fiction setting, um, which is kind of cool, you know, a bit of a harder SF setting, which is kind of appeals to me. But it just really occurred to me, and I thought I'd share this thought, that um, a lot of settings, pre-written settings, um, I think they're kind of, they're trying to be open and kind of offer you, like... Um, you know, a kind of an interesting world or whatever. But always, to me, or I don't know if it's just me, but I just always feel terribly unhelpful because they don't really tell you like where to start. They don't give you a, a clear start. They don't. What I mean is, how do I explain this? You don't know what the player characters are going to do. They're kind of trying to keep that open for you, and 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 you and the GM have to sort of then d decide. But then you kind of end up reading. I mean this kind of wonderful sweeping history and lots of background and da, 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 da. and yet I don't really know what the player is going to do in this world you know and um, I've got to drill into that you know I've got to make that effort and kind of make that happen and I kind of always end up thinking well why am I going to use this pre-written say I could do that for myself it's ironic because GURP Space kind of advises the GM to begin with you know what do the characters do and decide what the characters are all about and then sort of go from proceed from there you know and i think that's really good wisdom um why don't modules do that why don't well you know setting books and stuff um uh, you know i think it would be really great if they kind of just offered you at least a well if you wanted to play like, i don't know this sf game if you want to play a military sf game then characters can play this and they should start with this organization and here's a great hook in and if they want to be traders do this and if they want to be secret agents you know here's this that would be kind of much more helpful, I think, to the GM. And then you could drill into the relevant detail within the setting. Because I'm reading a whole lot of stuff that, honestly, do I need to know? Probably not. Anyway, I'm just sounding probably really just moaning. Um, anyway, let's try and crack on with today. And fingers crossed to play some Trek tonight. And I did play some Trek last night. It's Friday the 28th of August and um, I thought I would just finish off this episode with a few thoughts. Uh, still on the road to mending. Um, I was exhausted again after last night and uh, slept weird. But today, you know, got up again, managed to go for that half an hour walk and um, get the achy legs and come back. Um, it's really weird to me. This week has been sort of very much ravaged by a cold and obviously I need to put that in context because there are people who can't breathe on ventilators um you know and I have a cold and I'm moaning so I'm sorry about that I feel like 
this week got away from me and um i've i i spent quite a bit of time playing civilization 6 on the computer to be fair and why is it that spending hours prepping and running and playing in role-playing games doesn't feel like a waste of time but playing a strategy game on a computer feels like an utter waste of time why is that i don't know anyway i hope you're well i will be back soon game on